Hello guys, welcome back to Hoosier Girl Podcast. I am Becca and I am of course here with Chelsea. Hey. <laughs> She's been sick for the last couple days, so let's cut her some slack. Um, and also we're talking about a super heavy subject for her because I have been trying to get her to talk about this for weeks. And finally, she's going to give you guys the whole backstory about her car accident from a few years ago. Take it away. All right. So, maybe I should tell this story like how Ashley Flowers tells her crime stories. The date was March 4th of 2015, and it was your average day for Chelsea Stone. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I feel like I could read a script like that, <laughs> but you were just not taking it seriously. No, <laughs> she was on her way to work. It was just an average day. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it was an average day. I lived at my parents' house, and there was one road in the area that a lot of people use, and going. If anyone knows where Clarner Lane is, all my people from New Albany, Indiana, if you're heading like towards, what do they call that, Indiana Southeast University, that college right there? Yeah, U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, heading towards that, you're going up Clarner Lane, There, it's like going up a hill almost, and then once you come to the top of the hill, there's like a bunch of neighborhoods on the right side. So coming up that hill, um, I get up there. The weather, Becca thinks that it was snowing that day. I think maybe it had either just begun snowing or it was like a mixture of snow and rain. I said that it was snowing when I was on my way to the hospital to see you. So that was like mid-afternoon. Yeah, that's true. So if this happened in the morning, it was probably right before the snow started. Yeah. But um, so getting to the top of this hill, I... The speed limit was like 30. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was probably going like maybe 35 or 40. And get to the top. This car decides last second. They were stopped at a stop sign pulling out of a neighborhood. This car decides they're going to go ahead and pull out. And of course, she was turning left. So she pulled right out in front of me. And unfortunately for her and myself, she did not make it. Now, don't take that too seriously. She did survive. Uh, she, yeah, she's alive. <laughs> she's alive and well. She did survive. Um, so I ended up hitting her. And thank God for this, honestly. People that use the phrase, timing is everything, that takes on a whole new meaning to me. Because had she pulled out like a little later, if I was going either maybe like a little faster, a little slower, I might have hit her dead on on the driver's side door. But luckily... I hit her on the passenger door on the driver's side, and I hit her. I somehow managed to get into someone's front yard almost. It was like right there at the stop sign where she had pulled out. My car had somehow gotten faced that way, mostly because I slammed on the brakes, and then me bouncing off of her, I guess, just kind of pointed me in that direction. But um, Was there anyone behind you? Yeah, there was a few people behind me, like... The person that, actually, the person that got me out of the car, uh, what was her freaking name? I can't think of her name right now, but yeah, she was the person behind me, so she saw it all. And I say she got me out of the car, but she didn't really, like, she helped me, I guess, while the ambulance was coming. I think she is the one that actually called the ambulance. My mom actually sent her some flowers. 
Well, I was thinking, like, that's another good thing is somehow the people behind you didn't also collide. Yeah. They must have seen this woman pulling out in front of you. And yeah, exactly. So that could have been bad also. Yeah. So I hit this woman. Um, I can't really go into detail on what happened after I hit her, mostly because I don't remember. I don't know. I know that I hit my head on the driver's side window, and I remember seeing the cracked windshield, and I remember the car filling up with smoke, and I kind of remember like a small interaction between me and this woman. I had no idea who she was, but apparently, according to her, I either gave her my thumbprint or gave her the code to my phone so she could call my mom and she is actually so she's the person that called the ambulance and she also called my mother and told her that I was on my way to the hospital and you were wearing a seatbelt yes I was wearing a seatbelt the airbag did deploy honestly from the look of it I didn't have any major injuries at that time we wouldn't find out till later on that I had the injuries that I had but the one thing that I did have was a speech impediment and it was I guess you should consider it a what do they call that a stutter yeah it was definitely a stutter but it is so weird to like explain it on the inside like from in my head it was like I knew what I wanted to say as far as in my head. Like, I come up, I could come up with the words, and I'm sure you guys notice this all the time. I either say my sentences backwards or I say a few words backwards because it's still every now and then I get hung up on a word or phrase and whatnot. But, um, so... Like, your internal dialogue was still normal. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. But the words just wouldn't come out the way that they were in her head. Yes. Yeah, it took me, like, to say a short sentence, like, I'm okay, it took me extra long than it would take you to just be like, I'm okay. It just took forever because the words just would not come out. So, and this was not a normal stutter. This was not just like, I, 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 I'm okay. This was like, it was like DSL happening. Like, you're yes. trying to get your internet logged in, <laughs> and all you hear is that, like, <laughs> You know, that's how it felt. <laughs> that's how it felt for me, and I, it wasn't even in my head. That's just how I was hearing it. <laughs> yes, that that's a perfect example. And it was so frustrating because it's just, it's so frustrating to go from doing something on a daily basis, like talking normally, and now I can't explain to you how I feel or what I'm thinking. So half the time, like, People had to ask me either yes or no questions so I could just nod or whatever, shake my head. I didn't really get to talk to the police that much because I couldn't talk and I didn't get to talk to, um, oh my gosh, brain fire, uh, the police or the doctors really. Like, they were in there, but they weren't really talking to me. They were talking to my parents about me. And if anyone has that pet peeve like I do, that's pretty annoying, but... What can you do when you can't really say anything? But, um, so I only had to stay in the hospital for one night, like, observation, and then they discharged me. I still had the stutter, but it wasn't till, like, a week or two weeks later when I started to experience the seizure symptoms. Now, when I say seizure, I don't want you to go immediately to, like, absolute 
epilepsy, like eyes rolling back in my head, foaming at the mouth and whatnot. That's not the kind of seizures I have. To be more specific, I have non-epileptic seizures. What they call it? Like post- Post-traumatic seizures. Yeah. So basically the way it starts for me is my hands and my mouth. Usually I feel it in my mouth first and it's on the left side and it's like a tingling almost. And then my hands really start to feel it. And if I'm holding anything in my left hand or if I just watch my left hand, it shakes so much. And if I'm holding anything, I drop it because I can't can't grasp anything when I get these seizures. It goes up my left arm and then eventually it just takes over like the whole left side of my body. And it's like a mixture of like tingling, numbness, and... The worst part of it is the pain on the left side of my head. It is sharp. It literally feels like the best picture I can say is someone that has stabbed you in the head with a knife and they're just sitting there and then just twisting it back and forth in your head. It hurts so bad. It is the longest minute or two of my life. I've only had one that's really gone two minutes and that was around when they first started happening. But, um, yeah, the longest minute of my life because it hurt so bad. So I went to this first doctor, and he told me that it was just migraines, that it was nothing to worry about. He'd give me some medicine for migraines and send me on my way. And my parents really weren't satisfied with that because my mom does have a history of migraines, but she's never experienced anything like that. And my aunt actually has a history of seizures, and she says that that is kind of what, I don't know if she's, she says she has a history, but I think it was a long, long time ago when she had one, and I think it was brought on, not because so much that it's like passed through the family, but it had like other things that were caused by it. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard of a migraine (laughs) taking over your body where you lose control, like, yeah. The stabbing in the head, I've heard that, but come on. Losing control? No. Yeah, and the weirdest part was, like, for someone to tell you that that's a migraine, and when I say that I got, like, a tingling or, like, a numbness in my mouth, what I meant was that, like, I had no control over the left side of my mouth. And sometimes, like, literally saliva would just drip out of the left side of my mouth because Like, I don't know, it was just like I had no control over, like, you know, you can bring your mouth up into a smile, but when I had that going on, it was just the left side was just not intact with the rest of my mouth, if that makes sense. I've heard some people say that they, like, get tastes in their mouth, like, of certain, like, I've heard people say lead. Mm -hmm. No taste, really. I mean, honestly, the main focus is just, like, the pain in my head. Yeah. That's what I'm focusing on the most. Of course, it's obviously suckish, like if I'm holding like a glass bottle or something. <laughs> Which I'm sure has happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my parents weren't really satisfied with that diagnosis. So we went to go get a second opinion and I ended up going to see this other neurologist. And you guys have seen like the kind of personality that I have. I'm really like jokey I make extra jokes even when I'm like nervous and uncomfortable this guy (laughs) 
He has such a dry personality. It took me forever to get him to even like half smile at one of my jokes. And he's like, you're the youngest patient I have. And I'm like, I bet I am because you see, you laugh like you're old, like you don't find nothing funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he actually tells me that he wants to do the, oh my gosh, I'm a nurse's aide. I should know the, I think it's it, EEG. EKG, I believe, is of your heart. EKG is of your heart. Yeah, so I think it's a EEG. It's basically the test that they do on you to see if you have seizures. And it's really weird because it's like you would think that you really wouldn't want to be staring at a strobe light if someone thinks you have seizures. But they actually do use that to do the tests on you and stuff. Um, yeah, because they can be brought up, brought on by like lots of different things, right? So that's why they test it with lights yeah. and such. It was like 30 to 45 minute test and I actually ended up falling asleep at the end. I don't know if that was part of the test, but <laughs> I did. So I take that test, comes back. He says, definitely have seizures, show signs of having a seizure when they did the test on me. So he sends me off to take medicine and um, then sends me off to do speech therapy and cognitive therapy and that was a whole other ordeal on its own I don't know if anyone's ever did cognitive therapy but it is the worst because it's like basically like just taking a whole bunch of little mini tests all day and they try to like trick trip you up like she'd show me like three different cards they all had a different picture of some item on it that was at the beginning of the session and then jump 30 minutes later after we've done talked about everything else under the sun. Then she's like, now tell me what those three cards were. And I'm like, I fucking don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you guys have ever seen like Grey's Anatomy, before they put somebody out for brain surgery, sometimes they'll do that. They'll show them the cards and they're like, okay, when you come back, we're going to want you to tell us what they were. And it's like, I can't even remember what I ate yesterday. Like, okay. So I didn't find that like too scary or anything to worry about because I honestly never thought I had a very good memory but then they started breaking down for me like what the normal range is and I actually have the paper right here so when I started cognitive therapy um basically I'm scored a 64 percent as far as like short-term memory and that was a 64 percent with cues so basically like they she'd have to give me hints as to what the cards were so then i was kind of like okay 64 i've kind of lived at the 60s because that's the grades i used to get in school as well <laughs> so i wasn't too upset about it but then i was like oh man another 64 <laughs> not even a 75 okay <laughs> not even a passing <laughs> so I had to do this three times a week. All this shit. Speech therapy, cognitive therapy. How long did that last? It lasted for, I think I want to say either like two to three months I did all this. That and sounds in, right. In the midst of all that, I also took a neuropsych exam where it is like one big long test. And they ask you, they do a whole bunch of different, like, games. And, yeah, it was awful. It was, like, an hour and 30 minutes long. 
it was terrible. And of course, do that test, get the results back. And again, I'm not at the average, like where someone should be. I'm below. And then they're even telling me that I'm showing signs of attention deficit disorder. And at that point, I was just like, oh my gosh, like add another thing to the list. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my, I'm like in... Now, remember, guys, I'm, like, in my 20s, so I've, like, done made it through all of school. I didn't go to college, but I've done made it through all school, and now someone is telling me that I have attention deficit disorder. My parents just kind of laughed that off, so I didn't really take it seriously either. They said that they could give me medication. I could tell the neurologist about it, and he could give me medication that would help me focus, but at that point, I was just starting on the seizure medication, and... I just really didn't want to add anything else in, but later on, jump forward, I do actually end up adding in another medication because on top of the seizures, I got horrible migraines, like no other, and it's the kind that like, it makes your entire face red right before it's about to come on, like my whole entire face would be hot and flushed, and I'd start to feel sick to my stomach, and then boom. An hour-long migraine. It was awful. I don't know what was worse, the seizures or the migraines, but it's bad. So, I do the speech therapy. I do the cognitive therapy. Then I get on this medicine for the seizures. And if anyone is familiar with medications and whatnot, something like treating you for a seizure tends to mess with your brain. And messes with your messes with your emotions, though. Yeah, like of course I wanted it to take care of the episodes I was having, but messing with my emotions, I didn't really know that that was going to happen. And I've never taken anything that strong to where it could. I mean, yes, I've taken birth control, but I never really felt like it messed with me at all. Like I have the bar on my arm, and I never felt like I was being over emotional. Um, yeah, I mean they. Don't they say that, like, most anti-seizure medicine is also antipsychotics? Some of them are. Uh, the one that I first started taking was just specifically for seizures. But and that would make sense. I mean, it's clearly meant to alter your brain. Yeah. Well, it certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I take that first medication. I was on it for a while. And then my mom started pointing out that I was being a bit more aggressive, being a bit more harsh, a bit more mean, which I didn't realize because if anyone knows me, like Becca, knows that I'm sarcastic a lot and it comes out a little mean. (laughs) I think it's also hard to tell because you've had a few things in your life that have just hardened you a little bit. And I'm not saying that in a rude way. I mean, literally, that's... That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, So then I ended up switching, and I got on some different stuff that I'm taking now, currently. And I'm glad to say that I have not had one of my episodes. It's been months, and just to give you, like, a good comparison, I think when I first started out, I was having about three a week. So imagine someone stabbing you in the head three times a week. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It really, really sucks. (laughs) And I'm so grateful that my parents, like, really urged me to get a second opinion as far as the seizures. Otherwise, 
you'd still be suffering them. Yeah, I'd still be suffering them, and I'd still be just taking medicine, thinking that I have a headache. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with seizures, but basically, every time you have one, the way that my doctor describes it is every time you have one, it fries a little bit of your brain each time. <laughs> and that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> kind of like a stroke, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're, it's not good. Yeah. So, I did all that stuff, and if you would have asked me in the middle of all that, I mean, I was bombarded with information, I was stressed out, I was slightly scared because I've never had anything serious like that happen to me, I would have definitely said to you, this is a huge setback, just huge. This is pretty much railroaded or completely messed up my life, and now I'm like off on the side of the road trying to find my way back to the main road. I mean, you lost your job. Yeah, I lost my job. I had to, I think I told you all this in the episode that we talked about this workplace, but I had to go back to the job that I worked at when I was 16, the restaurant, basically because it was part-time, it was easy work, and I could make my own schedule there, and they kind of worked around my... Yeah, when you're going to a doctor three times a week, like, (laughs) you gotta have something that's gonna work with you. Yeah. So, thank goodness for that. I mean, I know I talked a little bit of shit about that place, but I was kind of grateful that I'd already worked there because they knew me. They were nice about it. They were like, yeah, if you want to come back, we'll we'll help you out. So, kudos to them for throwing me a bone in the midst of all that chaos. But, yeah, so now, doing much better. When I graduated, graduated in quotes from speech and cognitive therapy, they let me go with an 85%. So I went from a 64 to an 85. Nice. <laughs> Which sounds about right for me. <laughs> I mean, she graduated from yeah. high school, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so the main reason we're talking about this now is because, like I just said, I thought that this was going to be a huge setback for me. I was really just hard on myself at this point in time. I was just like... You know, you were already kind of not having your shit together. Now you definitely don't have your shit together. You're a mess. And now you basically started over. You're at a job that you're working on when you're 16 and you're like 22. Living with my parents. But honestly, if I wouldn't have gone through all that, I think that I would have come out 26 now feeling a little differently. Not being so appreciative because... Honestly, things could have gone very different for me or for that woman in that wreck. Yeah. I could have killed her. I could have, We could have both died. It, it's crazy when stuff like that happens to you because you just really don't, like, there I am trying to rush to get to a job that I just got doing something that I really didn't enjoy. Like, you all know that I'm a nurse's aide, but at that point in time, I was burnt out. I was tired. I didn't really want to do that job, but I just... It was a good job that paid more money than the one I had, so I took it. And, yeah, it was just crazy. But looking back on it now, it kind of, I ended up getting a different job where I met different people, and that gave me different opportunities. And here I am, sitting in Jacksonville, Florida, not having seizures anymore. Yes, I take about five pills a day, but... (laughs) That's all right. Take it like candy now. I take it like a champ. It's better than the alternative. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, obviously, like, we want to look at the bright side of things. 
But the one thing about this whole accident that really just, oh my God, it still irks my nerves these days, is the whole legal process. Oh, yeah. Because obviously, when you're in the hospital for even one night, it is so expensive. And then you have to go to a neurologist. I don't know if you guys know how expensive neurologists are. They ain't cheap. They're not cheap. And you have to go three times a week, plus your car, plus your pain and suffering. Now, I mean, some people don't agree with pain and suffering. Whatever. That aside, the the shit that this girl went through, I mean, you didn't get it settled until 20... It was two years ago, so 2017. <laughs> so two, over two years after this accident happened, she finally got some money for it. Yeah, it was, and I didn't answer this before, but um, obviously you guys know I did lose the speech impediment, and it was so crazy when it happened because a friend was visiting me like over at my house, and we were talking. Yes, I was ta- trying to talk to her, and then all of a sudden, when I stopped trying so hard to get my sentence right, and I think like I was kind of distracted by something else and not so focused on what I was trying to say, one regular sentence came out of my mouth and then boom, it just, it just was gone. And it was like, that's crazy. I mean, I don't want to say it was just gone, but it was just like, once I got past that blockage, it was, it just seemed like it was a lot easier. And then like the more and more I talked, the more it started to sound normal. And I think by like the end of that month, I was finally talking normal. and But, of course, like I said, every now and then I still get stumped on my sentence or I say something backwards. But, yeah, so the upside or another upside to this accident was not the first lawyer that I got, but the second one. <laughs> you guys know I have to go into this part because, of course, this is my story. And it wouldn't be a story of mine without a boy. <laughs> All right, set the scene. This okay. guy, his age? His age was... Mid-30s? Jesus, I don't know. I think, yes, I think he was like 38, 39. Okay, so late 30s. Attractive. Attractive. However. Married. Married. Oh. But my however actually is he was short. (laughs) Your however is that he was short, not that he was married. No, I'm just kidding. My my however is that, yes, he was married, and yes, he had children, and he was short, but he was, you know, most of the lawyers that I've seen, my mom works in the court building for New Albany. So I've seen a lot of lawyers running in and out through there. But this guy was cute. And the first time I met him, he was like, I used to work for the insurance company that you're going up against. So I know what they're going to do and how they're going to play you. So it was like all, all serious talk. And then all of a sudden, because I was wearing a beetle shirt, he was like, (laughs) I like your shirt. And I was like, you do? And it just trickled from there. And then I was, I felt kind of like, normally I don't even realize it when someone's flirting with me. But because a 15 minute meeting had turned into like a 45, 50 minute meeting, I was like, I think this guy's flirting with me. And I even texted Becca as soon as I got out and said, this is going to sound weird, but I think my lawyer was just hitting on me. <laughs> no, and that wasn't even the weird part. The weird part was he like messaged you on. He gave me his number. 
And then he also he messaged me. Instagram, didn't he? Or some social media. I think it was Facebook. Yeah, found her on social media. No, 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 no. It was Instagram. It was Instagram. And I'm slid now. into her DMs. He did, he did, he did. So, of course, we're having this debate of, like, is this guy milking this flirtation for money? Or is he actually interested? And, of course, we decided it's probably both. Yeah, and you know, I thought about it at the end. I wanted to kind of be like, can I see their receipts from all our meetings? Because I want to know, did you charge me 50 minutes or for 50? Is there an Instagram DM charge Okay, like if I reply to one of your DMs, is that a charge? <laughs> but yeah, so of course, then from that moment on, like any time I met with him, it was... It always turned, and, and it was like, we spent, like, the first 10 minutes of our topics, like, about my case, about what we were talking about, and then, like, the rest would be about, like, bands, classic rock, um, plans for the weekend. I was just like, this is really good. Like, if I'm being mind-fucked right now, I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that was... Uh, you know, you guys know that I usually always have something like that to add to every story. The saddest part about it is that um, because this guy worked for a place that my stepmom knew one of the main dudes for this company. So they thought that we were going to get a discount. And uh, no, there ain't no family discount, I guess, in the legal world. because no, there's no discounts in legal. That was not the case. And they were so slow. It wasn't until, like, I met with these people, I think, towards the beginning of, I don't know, maybe, like, or no, maybe towards, like, let's see, my accent was in March. So maybe, like, in July or August, I met with these people, and we had decided right then and there that we were going to go forward with the case. Well, yeah, but, okay, so what happened was... After you get in an accident, obviously the insurance company offers you a, an amount of money. Mm-hmm. It was such an insulting amount of money. Like, it wouldn't have even covered, like, basically the car damage. It was, like, enough for car damage and maybe, like, one pudding cup at the hospital. I mean, it was that bad. And so, of course, like, at that point, she has to go after them. It wasn't just... Okay, I just have to paint this picture because you guys, most of you know Chelsea, and if you don't, she's not money hungry. She is not trying to fight anyone for this. It was no. like justice needed to happen. And so, of course, she fought back. It, it was necessary. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's ever dealt with this before, but let me just tell you something. When they give you the offer, the amount, everything that your medical insurance has paid for you, everything that your car insurance has paid for you, comes out of that end amount. So, yeah, they may offer you, like, $15,000 or whatever, and then your insurance company, like your medical insurance and your car insurance is going to take about ten of that and leave you with the remaining 5000 It's not just you get the whole lump sum, which I didn't realize until the end, unfortunately for me. I'm not saying I didn't get a good settlement. I did. But, um... I just wish that my attorneys would have given me a little more information. Plus, 
you know, I told you guys, I went to them in August. I thought we had agreed to move forward. And it wasn't until the beginning of 2016 that I realized that they had not done a thing because in some meeting that they had with me by myself, I had somehow told them that I was in no rush and that I didn't want to do anything at this time. That doesn't sound like something you would say. No. And I don't even know how I would have come up with that because half the time I couldn't understand what they were talking about. Yeah, and of course the insurance company, like once it finally did go to, um, what do you call it, I guess, trial. Yeah. Um, they, they, have, they were, they were basically, well, they were basically like trying to say Chelsea wasn't suffering any neurological problems, that her brain wasn't any different than it was before the accident. I mean, they were about to pull me, her dad, her mom, her sisters, like everyone, her sister and her brother, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they needed people that knew me before and after. And of course, like to, I, to go on stand and be like, "Yeah, she's slow. She's slower now than pretty she much." Okay, like, yeah. that's really what they wanted. <laughs> I was like, "Yay, that's gonna be fun." <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, we went to school together, so I, it would have been easy for me to be like, "No, like she got fucked up in this accident. <laughs> you guys need to pay her." <laughs> All I can think about is that little old lady that like sits off to the side and types the on the type recorder. Typing. Yeah, she's fucked. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what Becca would have said if she would have got up there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That but, whole thing was just a mess. Yeah, so it was a mess, but at, at the end of the day, like, it took my parents trying to keep me patient because I was getting antsy. Every now and then, like, they would come to me and say that they needed something, and I'm just like... I don't know what you need. Like, I can't get that for you any faster. Or they were saying that we're waiting on the other people to do something. And I was just like, well, put the pressure on them and speed them the fuck up. Like, do what you got to do. And, of course, when I found out that for months they had been sitting there doing nothing, I was pissed. They also didn't tell you that you needed to be paying your bills. Yeah, they didn't tell me that either. So, of course, I got sent to collections for a short period of time. And that wasn't fun, but once I found out from them that I need to pay my bills, I did. <laughs> and it just... No, it's, it sounds kind of dumb, but it's one of those it does. things where, like, when you get in an accident, you expect to be reimbursed. You don't think, like, you you might have to pay $50,000 or whatever it might be. Yeah, it was just... Because, like, obviously, I've been to the doctor, so I know if a bill comes to me in my name, okay, that's your responsibility. You need to pay that. But in these circumstances, I was like, I guess I'm not supposed to pay this. I'm just supposed to give it to the insurance so they can pay it. I thought I was giving it to the other lady's insurance so they could pay it, but... Yeah, and you almost... No, no, no. (laughs) You, like, don't want to pay because you almost feel like it's, like, admitting fall and that you're not going to get reimbursed for it. It's it's just one of those things. It's scary. It seems, like, dumb. Like, of course, you pay your bills, but... Yeah. No, it's it's not always a no-brainer. It's one of those things where if you're naive like I am, like, thank God I have my parents, but if you were by yourself or if I was by myself, I definitely would have gotten taken advantage of. For sure. Yeah. And I would not have come out where I did. I would have probably taken that first offer that didn't even cover all the medical bills from my hospital stay and been shit out of luck. Because <laughs> any chance they have of getting one on you or anything like that, they will take it 100%. They do not give a fuck that you, whatever, you bumped your head, you lost a limb. They do not care. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Like you're out of work. 
you literally are out of work. It's just insane to me. Like, But yeah, so yeah. needless to say, there was another incident towards the end where uh, we were supposed to be preparing, I thought, to go to trial. And then my lawyer comes to me and tells me that now he's decided that he wants to take this case to trial. And I was like... No shit, Sherlock. What the fuck have we been doing this all time? You guys been standing with your dicks in your hands for like six months. But it wasn't that the plan. And according to them, if we went to trial, then they got a larger amount of what I got back. If we didn't, then they didn't get that amount. That's what I thought we had agreed on, but no, no, no. Apparently, if we're just preparing to go to trial then they get that larger amount. If we're not, then they get. So that was another one they snuck on me, and I totally called that guy out because I was like, everyone encouraged me to get a lawyer, you know, to help me through this difficult time, and I feel like I'm the coming out of this more screwed than I was going in because he was literally going to come out with more money than I was going to get back. And I was like, Fuck that. If I can transfer these seizures and all this shit to you, you take that money then, homie. You run wild with it. But I'm the one that's fucked, okay? He's not pain and suffering. I was like, I do not understand how it's possible that you're coming out with more money than me. And Yeah, because they end up like, taking like 40%. <laughs> and then you got to pay like probably 10% for court fees so I mean no matter what number they give you once you've gone to trial you should it's like taxes expect 50% of that shit because you aren't getting all of it yeah I mean I called him out on it and I say there's no favors but because he knew my stepmother he did take a little more off a little more and then it was so funny because Becca was with me when I went to go pick up the check and neither one of them came down from their office. It was, I think, a paralegal one. Yeah, like just some secretary or somebody came in the office to sign these papers. And I'm like, you fucktards have been dealing with this for two years. You can't come down from your desk and at least say, like, hey, Charles, hope's it, hope it's going okay. Like, here's your big-ass check. I've no. never heard from them again. And no. unfortunately, I never heard from the one lawyer again either. He never talked to me anymore about the Beatles. Which I just now thought, you know, that means he was definitely charging you because why wouldn't he I don't know maybe he wouldn't reach out later because it's unprofessional I mean maybe he thought I was being a little spoiled brat because I was pretty much telling the other guy like you kind of screwed me like how are you getting more money than me you weren't even in this wreck (laughs) if you're anything you were not a spoiled brat I will say that (laughs) but yeah so that is the story on how Chels bumped the old noodle and uh yeah I hit my Left temporal lobe. Now I got no short-term memory. Just kidding. I have it a little bit. It's barely there. Yeah. I can remember celebrities. <laughs> and song lyrics. <laughs> Nothing of any importance, though. But, yeah. So that is the story. And now Becca is satisfied. And I'm satisfied. Now I'm going to come up with a big, juicy story for her to tell you. Go ahead. Bring it on. So tune in next Thursday because it might be next Thursday. Or it might be... January or February or March because I can't recall a big story that Becca has to share. Like I, I don't know, but next next Thursday I get to see the little nugget. So yeah. y'all keep your keep me in your prayers and thoughts and everything. So yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we are moving on. Bye.